Can I get a BC Boys rendition of God Only Knows? <laughs> God Only Knows what I'd be without you. Hey guys, welcome back to Split Screen Media Podcast. This is episode 31 or uh, season two, episode five. Um, we are a media podcast that talks about movies, video games, comics, TV shows, music, all that good stuff, all the media stuff, and uh, gets into our personal lives a little bit. Uh, with me, as always, is my stunning co-host, Connor DuRose. Oh, stunning. How are y'all doing this fine evening or morning or whenever you're watching this? And uh, for this week's guest host, we have uh, the wonderful and immaculate Joseph Burt. Oh, hello. Thank you for the lovely introductions. And I am stunned to be in the presence of uh, Connor DeRose and Chris Blankenship. Trying to get fancy with the with the adjectives. I like when it just keeps, you just keep adding more adjectives, like the immaculate, <laughs> beautiful, fantastic. Would you like, would you want an introduction done some other way? No, I don't want you to be Absolutely like, not. here's Connor and Joey. No, I, I like the style that you bring. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into our first topic. <laughs> <laughs> that pause was everything. <laughs> Uh, so Connor, you went and saw the Green Knight uh, a week ago, or a little less than a week ago, a couple of days ago. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. You're I the did, only one who's yeah. seen it out of us. Yeah, I, I'm the only one that saw it, so I'm just going to give a quick spoiler-free review. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to go into any like major plot points or anything. Um, this movie, to me, reminds me a lot of The Lighthouse. Um, they're both A24 films. And the reason it does is because this movie is incredibly well-directed, very well-acted. Uh, the cinematography is stunning, and I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of those movies that I think you're really going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, it's maybe the most ambiguous movie I've ever seen. And that is kind of to a fault. Um, the whole movie is based on an Arthurian legend. It's King Arthur's, um, what is it? It's like his uh, cousin or something, or his nephew. That's what it is, his nephew. And the whole thing is about this uh, green knight who basically comes into town and he challenges King Arthur, but King Arthur's super old. And he's like, I'll choose one of my knights. And Dev Patel is the main character. He plays someone i don't remember his name <laughs> but he it's like guess or something like that but anyway he uh goes up to the green knight and accepts the challenge and the green knight says a year from now whatever you do to me i'll do back to you and he sort of goats him a little bit and he's like you know that's sort of the game that he's playing and while he's goading him he makes dev patel's character angry and dev patel cuts his head off and then he says, one year, uh, I'm going to do the same thing to you. And he, it's basically a whole journey about him going to find the Green Knight again and sort of fulfilling the cycle of what was supposed to happen. Um, but the movie is so goddamn weird. I, I mean, it's, it's one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. I put it up there with like The Lighthouse in terms of just how absolutely bizarre it is. Um, and that's really all I can say without giving away a bunch of spoilers. I, I'll say this, though. If you enjoy stories, if you enjoy fantasy stories that are very ambiguous, like kind of the Dark Souls way of drip feeding you information, um, you might enjoy this movie because it's very much in that vein. It's kind of like it's characters that are all sort of it seems like everybody's on Ambien. They're all kind of out of it. And it's very otherworldly the way they talk to each other and sort of give information about what the next part of the quest is. So if you like that, then you'll probably really enjoy this movie. Um, is I it think a slow movie? It is incredibly slow. You're not going to, it's not going to be like Helm's Deep, Lord of the Rings, final fight action. There is no, almost no action in this entire movie. Actually, I think there might be none. I can think of not a single action scene in this entire movie. So, so it's question, um, I guess, about The Lighthouse. Uh, I've never seen it, but uh, what were your feelings about that? Um, I know it had Robert Pattinson and uh, 
um i forget who else it's robert pat it's basically just robert pattinson and willem dafoe willem dafoe and yeah they're in a lighthouse and they're slowly losing their minds um that movie it but i feel the same way about it i'm like wow this is so well done and it's so well acted and i really hate it <laughs> like i just yeah. it's not a fun movie to watch and i don't mean like oh it needs to have a ton of action it needs to be like mcu schlock whatever it's just not enjoyable i think like i didn't have a good time watching either of these movies um but in terms of the green knight i think i might enjoy it more on a rewatch now that i know what i'm in for i think i might enjoy it more the second time around but the i think my biggest issue with this movie is that there's so many scenes that are left too ambiguous to where you're trying to figure out what happened as more things are happening. Um, and yeah, again, I can't really say any more than that without spoiling it, but yeah, I, I, I don't recommend this to everybody. I think it's a very specific kind of person who likes this type of movie. What do you give it on a scale of one to 10? I, it's hard for me to rate this because if I was giving it a score in terms of the, the technical achievement, it would probably be like an eight or a nine, but my enjoyment of it drags it down to like a four or a five. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that it's hard for me to give a score, a score for because the quality of it and my enjoyment of it are so (laughs) like far away from each other um usually when a movie i don't like a movie it's like oh well it's bad for this reason and this reason and like all these technical issues too so you know your scores can kind of line up but here it's you know so far away that it's hard to really give it a a, like one number i guess one number score okay (laughs) you dodged the question (laughs) i I said like a four four. or five yeah i heard a four in there okay i don't know joey i think you might actually really like that movie the Dark Souls way of storytelling of like trying to drip feed you information is uh, really cool. Um, though I think it works better in video games. Um, I don't think it's really. I haven't seen an example of it being executed well in a movie. So um, I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't really seen it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean this this whole movie is all atmosphere so there a sword doesn't hit another sword in the entire movie and it's like a medieval fantasy thing so i mean that should tell you like how slow of a burn it is and how like again they just drip feed you that information um but i was watching it and it just it felt like i was you know going through demon souls not that long ago and it felt very similar to that everyone's sort of talking in parables and rhymes and no one's using like real human language and that kind of feels exactly how this movie gives that information. Well, speaking of shitty A24 films, do you want to talk about Lamb? <laughs> I 100% want to talk about Lamb. Uh, we all watched the trailer. I recommended it last podcast or the podcast before. The trailer, the movie isn't out yet, um, but we all watched the trailer and very curious what your guys' expectations and thoughts are going to be for this movie. I think it's probably going to be worse than I'm thinking it is mm-hmm. or not, not worse, but it's, it's not going to be as much of a comedy as I think it's going to be. It's not going to live up to what you think it is. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure out. So you and I kind of had a debate whether or not she is helping a lamb give birth or she gives birth to a lamb <laughs> because the lamb, the lamb in the trailer has, human hands and legs right but it does it yeah you didn't see it it's like walks through the field and it's, it's like walking the... around i thought i saw it um a close-up of like a, ha- a hoof or something like the hands was a hoof or whatever so maybe it's a different because there's one when when she's in the field with it and it has the little flower crown yeah it has human hands yeah it definitely does it like okay. hands a flower or something okay and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I think the bloody hand is the hand of the this lamb child thing. There's like yeah, a bloody hand. I think I'm it. on the side of it was a sheep, not a person, or not the mom. Yeah, because just from my initial watch through of it, you see the pregnant like sheep, and uh, I don't. 
I mean, it looks like it's got the head of a sheep. So, well, some someone someone has clearly died. Probably her child. At the beginning of the trailer, you see like her at a few, like the gravestone, and she's doing the you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing. And then I'm assuming she's trying to like replace the loss of that child with this lamb. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know how it has. I think we're gonna get into some weird like you know <laughs> bestiality stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think bestiality at all, but (laughs) that was my theory as well. Like maybe it's um a bunch of miscarriages she's had, and uh, they're trying anything to get a to get a child, and they've resorted to their lambs or their sheep's. I just had a really fucked up thought where they could go with this movie, (laughs) right? So it does have human arms. What if she like Frankenstein the arms of her dead child onto this lamb? Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, and it turns into like this because it looks like now that I think about it, like there's no reason that the other lambs would be chasing after her if she didn't steal the lamb yeah. from them. You know what I mean? It's definitely like a revenge thing for these these sheep that she took this child from them. Like yeah. I think the sheep is pregnant, she takes the child to replace her own child. I think that's I think that's the core of it. Um I don't know what they do to this because they they kind of keep it out of focus. You can't really get a good look at this lamb child. That's what I'm going to call yeah. it. You see, so. you see in the in that one shot where you just see the close up of the lamb's eye. You see like the sheep in it that's standing mm-hmm. up like a human. Yeah. Um, but it's still kind of like not very detailed. You can't really tell what's going on. If people haven't seen this trailer, they're not going to know what the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> They're gonna have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, hopefully, it there'll is... be like some kind of context footage on screen or whatever. But yeah, well, we're gonna have to. <laughs> oh, oh, we, it's a must. Like they're not gonna know. <laughs> it was really interesting to me how they um, kept the tone and like with the music in that trailer, they made it very ominous and very just like dark. And you're like, oh, I have the sense of dread of something coming up. And then they just suddenly like changed to, oh, well, she's walking with it through a field now and it's all happy and upbeat. Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, I think that is kind of like like that that scene where it's walking through the field and there's happy Beach Boys music playing. I think it's like that's how she feels that she's like now in that maternal, like she's a maternal figure to something. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> um but we know that those sheep are fucking pissed at what she did. I Again, hope they whatever don't go, it is. I hope they don't go like, oh, it's a, it's just a demon that's inhabiting this. Because like the end of the trailer, wow. it makes like that crazy noise. And you hear like the, and like she's looking back and it looks like something's chasing her. Like, I don't want this to be a straight up generic horror movie. Yeah, I want Frankenstein lamb child. That's what <laughs> yeah. I want. <laughs> that's exactly what i want they figured out a way to like reanimate <laughs> their Jesus. their daughter how, or whatever how, how would they get it to stand up does a is a sheep's anatomy a lamb's anatomy like are they able to do that if it's just well if it's the child's body and just the lamb's head <laughs> someone i someone wasn't going went... that far i think i thought it was like <laughs> limbs but oh no i thought it was like the whole lower body was child and then the head was lamb. Jesus Christ, Connor! I, actually, I saw on <laughs> I saw on Twitter someone put up just watch the lamb trailer, and it was that picture from J- Jimmy Neutron when he puts the squirrel, like he switches with the squirrel and the squirrel <laughs> head. <laughs> oh no, I'm really excited. Oh, I'm excited for this too. Let me see when it comes out it just said this fall i don't know if it has a date yet uh, they're probably waiting for green knight to sort of make the rounds and then they'll release this one whenever it comes out it's going to be movie of the year for october every 8th. year uh this october year? 8th i hope it wins something <laughs> i would love to just have that trailer shown at the oscars Vladimir Johansson is the director. Yeah, I, I saw. I have no idea who that is. I've never seen any of his other stuff. Uh, 
did special effects for Tomorrow War, Rogue One, Fast Eight, Transformers: Age of Extinction, Prometheus. Uh, he directed a short and then Lamb. So this is like his feature movie debut, I think. Yeah, kind of his directorial director. debut for sure. Yeah, I mean, if he's worked on other stuff like that and sort of smaller i mean tomorrow war just came out that was the chris pratt amazon prime movie yeah it looks like he is uh like camera and special effects kind of stuff is what he's been doing for the past uh like 20 years or so i mean and the special he... effects in that look great like all the lamb stuff looks really good yeah i i mean and he's special effects technician on rogue one fast eight like all this stuff is like these are good movies good special effects so yeah i wonder we'll see how he is as a director rogue one in particular has some really amazing special effects because they just basically did cgi miniatures which is why it looks so good when all the ships start breaking apart mm-hmm. yeah. um which is such a genius idea so I, i'd love to see how he applies that knowledge to something like this where he has to put the head of a lamb on a child <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's interesting though, Chris. I didn't even think about this being like kind of a Frankenstein thing, like a body horror sort of. It just popped in my head uh, like five minutes ago because <laughs> I, I I honestly didn't know. Like I'm still confused. I think I need to watch this movie. I can't wait for it to come out. Oh yeah, this is definitely a theater watch. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be what any of us expect it to be. <laughs> I think it's only in theaters. I don't think it's. I think I saw anymore. that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think it's gonna it's gonna end up it's an A24 thing, so it's gonna end up being like a metaphor for social media or some dumb shit that like <laughs> you know they always have to have these levels to it. Yeah. And I don't mind movies having don't get me wrong, like I don't care about that. It's just it's sometimes they go a little overboard with the uh like Key and Peel's or <laughs> Key and Peel, Jordan Peel's <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peel's movie Us kind of did that a little bit. It was very heavy-handed with its uh with its themes but oh well i guess we'll see other trailers that came out venom 2 venom 2 (laughs) oh yes what a fucking masterpiece that was beautiful (laughs) they should uh frame it put it in the fucking museum of art Jesus Christ. So we were talking beforehand. You guys have not seen Venom 1. Nope. Um, this, the, for context, this looks exactly the same. Um, it's the same set. It looks like they literally just reused all of the same sets from the first movie. Like there's like a scene where he's in the, the, the convenience store from the first movie, his apartment from the first movie. It's literally him with his girlfriend. That's the same restaurant that they go to in the first movie. I'm like, you just have all these sets already available and you're like, fuck it. Let's make a sequel. Is it supposed to be different? I mean, I get like maybe a restaurant or convenience store, but why, like, would we have known that it changed apartments or anything like that? Like, I mean, I I would just like a little effort put in, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It seems a little like, yeah, they just didn't really try (laughs) is what you're trying to say, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think anyone is going into this expecting it to be good. Like, if you are, you're a fucking moron. (laughs) This is not going to be a good movie. It'll be a fun movie. Yeah. You're going to probably derive a lot of entertainment from this, but it's not going to be, like, anything worth watching more than once outside of the theater. So I think that Carnage is really cool. Um, I really just like the the comic villain of Carnage. And um, if you'd have told me that they have Woody Harrelson playing carnage i would not have believed you <laughs> so i was i was taken aback i was like is that carnage what what are they doing i'm excited for woody harrelson as carnage he, he's definitely an imposing guy like he's been in roles where he's kind of you know either plays like a bad guy or he's very menacing um so in a good movie i could see him turning this into a good character uh, well the, the character is like a serial killer so he doesn't have to be yeah like imposing but like menacing definitely yeah yeah and that's definitely something i think woody harrelson can do um i I don't know why it just doesn't resonate with me but you know i'll I'll reserve judgment until i see it 
it is i'm sure this is weirder for the like the older crowds that watch cheers like they're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah i um go ahead oh, i was just gonna say i'm not a big fan of the dialogue for uh for venom there's a lot of like kind of dumb humor that i'm not really a big fan of i was gonna say the dialogue for the whole trailer <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, the whole trailer, but like specifically Venom stood out to me as particularly bad. Yeah, so they in the first movie, they kind of tried to make Venom and Eddie Brock into this like husband wife relationship. But like, you know, like old married couple kind of like thing. Bo- like boomer joke, like yeah. husband wife. Yeah, yeah. So the in in again, in concept, not execution in concept. I like that idea because it's like these two people that just fucking hate each other, but they're forced to live with each other because Venom needs Eddie to exist essentially. Um, And Tom Hardy does the voice of Venom. So it's like him kind of talking to himself. And I like that idea of that relationship. The the stuff they're saying is dumb as shit, but the idea that that is put in place there, I think could be good again, if anyone competent was working on this thing. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. I think the um the execution leaves a lot to be desired. And I'm left just kind of asking why are they trying to make this funny, this relationship funny? It would be so much more cool if it was just like um it was literally just like a symbiotic like they have to exist together type thing where they they hate each other, but you know, they have to keep um you know, they just have to keep going, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the rules of these movies, too, are just so inconsistent with what it's hard for me to describe the inconsistencies without you guys like having seen them to be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But the rule there are no rules in Venom. Like there's no consistencies with anything with how Eddie can attack. The, the whole point is that the symbiotes come to Earth. Basically, uh, this guy, he's like evil Elon Musk in the movie. He brings them back to Earth because he wants to experiment on them and he wants to harness their power, but they can't live outside of a host. So if they're exposed to oxygen, they die, the little goo monsters. So they make a point of saying like, oh my God, Eddie and Venom can bond together. It's symbiosis. Are you all watching this? It's amazing. But then in the movie, like eventually they get separated and Venom like bonds to a cat at one point. And then he goes into Tom Hardy's girlfriend and like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like the, scene to scene, there are no cohesive rules and it looks like it's going to be the exact same way in this movie. Is Carnage uh, like the same species as Venom? I think, I mean, in, in the comics, they're like, of they're both symbiotes. So they're of the same, they're just like a different variety kind of thing. Okay. Almost like a race. Yeah. Uh, but it's <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, but I think it um the symbiote like relies heavily on the personality of the um, the host that it overcomes, right? Yeah. So normally the the goo monster isn't really like a sentient being. It's not separate. It just enhances the qualities of the host. So you know, say what you will about Spider Man Spider Man Three, but they kind of hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, Peter Parker is like this nerdy guy. And he's also being kind of a jerk the whole movie. The symbiote attaches to him and he turns into an even bigger, like nerdier jerk. Um, so you can make fun of him, like getting into the black suit and dancing around. But that's exactly what that character would do. Whereas this version of Venom, Venom like talks to him. And he's like, Hi, I'm Venom. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he goes outside of him. It's weird to have them be two separate things. Yeah. I do find that really strange. Is it like symbolizing an inner dialogue more just like now it's an outer dialogue? That's what they were going for. And again, in concept, I like that. I like that idea of him having this voice in his head because the first part of the movie as as dumb as it is, is really fun because it's, it's Tom Hardy hearing voices in his head. Like I'm hungry, Eddie. And like, he runs into a restaurant and starts eating a lobster out of the tank. And like, it's ridiculous, but it's super funny and like really entertaining in a dumb way. And that idea, if they went like full force into it being a comedy, I think would have worked. But the problem is, is that half the people making it 
care about making it this weird quirky comedy sort of thing and the other half are there for a paycheck and they're just getting through it as dryly and and boringly as possible Mm -hmm. so you get this like just mess of a film yeah are you excited for this venom 2 or no i am so excited for venom 2 (laughs) joey are you i did like uh i did like that one shot of uh so carnage is breaking out of prison and I love that one uh, just shot of him like holding up that guard and his tongue just like goes down his throat. I want to oh, see yeah. more of that. That is what I want to see. <laughs> there's a lot of venom licking people in the first movie and it looks like there's going to be no different with this one. <laughs> Joey, does it make you want to see the first one? Um, you know, I think so, just for kind of the sheer ridiculousness of it. Um. I'm not going to go in there expecting like, you know, actual like Venom, like from the comics or, you know, Carnage from the comics or whatever. But um, if it's silly and it's, you know, just fun, then yeah, um, I'm, I'm up for that. I think Connor's convinced me to watch both the first one and this one when it comes out. Maybe not in and, theaters. And but... I'm going to rewatch Spider-Man 3. Yes. Now we have to. That's what that's your that should be your take. Don't watch Venom. Watch Spider-Man three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Topher Grace is Venom. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> oh man, that that whole story is so funny to me. How Sam Raimi was like, I don't like Venom. I don't want to put Venom in the movie. And then Avi Arad, the producer at the time, was like, No, people like Venom. We're putting Venom in this. And it almost feels like. Sam Raimi went, you know what? I'm going to make Venom as shitty as possible. Like, I'm going to do a bad job on purpose because all the Sandman stuff in that movie is fantastic. It's really, really good. And then all the Venom stuff fucking sucks. So I know that there's a good, there's a good movie in there somewhere. There's really good bits in Spider-Man 3, but there are no good bits in Venom. Well, Cotton, do you want to talk about um, the uh, Skojo lawsuit? Yeah, I'm not really um, super versed on it. If you want to explain a little bit, yeah, sure. I can. For I guess anybody who doesn't know about the situation that's happening right now, um, Scarlett Johansson. Well, Black Widow just came out in theaters, and it was also released on Disney Plus as part of the premiere access thing. So it's basically a service that they do where, while the movie's in theaters, if you want to watch it at home, you can pay thirty dollars and you can watch the movie with your family or just by yourself or whatever. You don't have to actually go to the theater. Um, The problem with this is that Scarlett Johansson, along with, I think, all of the other Marvel actors, or at least the leads, a lot of the money that they make on these movies is how well, is a percentage of how well they do in the theaters. Um, So it's a certain amount they get on the back end or whatever after the movies, you know, had its theatrical release. Well, the problem is that apparently disney didn't tell scarlett johansson when they were setting up the contract or whatever you know laying out exactly like what was going to happen they didn't tell her that they were also going to release it on disney plus and compared to the other marvel movies this one kind of tanked um it only made i say only like this is a small amount uh 300 million dollars in theaters so far which compared to the usual like billion plus per movie um it's a pretty drastic difference and she is suing them because she thinks it wasn't right that they didn't tell her that they were putting it on disney plus and that they did which caused she believes caused the movie to sort of drop off in ticket sales so it is it's 300 theater or theater and a 300 million in theater or theater and uh streaming Streaming numbers have not been released, so it's I believe it's 330 million just for theaters. That's international. That's okay. Entire world, 330 million. And when they did the contract, did Disney know that they were going to put it on uh, streaming? So I think that's what they're arguing about now. Is that she's saying that they didn't tell her? They're saying that they did. Um, they said that they had warned her before she had made this type of contract. Um, She's saying that, oh, no, I made this contract beforehand, before COVID had started and before this was really the way that we do things now on Disney+. Plus. So how do you guys feel about that? 
Like, do you think she's in the right? Do you think Disney's in the right? Like, I, I'm curious to hear your opinions on that. I think, I think she's in the right. Like, if people are profiting off a film that she's in, but the really well, I think it depends on the contract. I'll say that that'll trump anything else. Uh, if the contract says theatrical, and she knew about the streaming thing, then she should have a luck. If uh, Disney didn't tell her that they were putting it on streaming, and this was like before COVID. I think she has a right to some of the streaming stuff um, because a big like portion of ticket, like ticket sales are now gone due to streaming. And that's where her money should be coming from. Uh, so it depends on the language of the contract. It depends on if Disney told her. So the contract trumps it. And then if Disney lied and then whatever the, you know, whatever Scarlet, I think she has a right to it. But uh, the big thing is, is in the courts, how can, like, if Disney told her, she can prove that. Like, if it's in writing. If it's not in writing, it's a hard case, in my opinion. Because yeah. she has to prove that Disney told her, which, if you don't have proof of that, you're going to lose. Right? Yeah. And again, this is just what has been released publicly. I'm sure there's so much more behind the scenes that we don't know about that caused her to, because I mean, that's a pretty radical jump. She's been with the MCU for 10 plus years and to be like, Hey, I'm suing you for this. I mean, she, to be fair, this is her last movie. So she's done. Like <laughs> she no, this is the time to do it. it. <laughs> yeah. This is the time to do it. If you're going to do it. Joey, what do you think? So I think um, details of the contract uh, are important. Um, they should be used as evidence uh, to support uh, the claim of uh, either side. Um, ultimately, though, I think this is a very important precedent to set. Um, whether or not uh, people in these movies should be paid uh, based off of the streaming uh, numbers that they get, right? The revenue that that brings in. Um, so I'm reading here that uh, she claims she lost as much as $50 million in bonuses. Uh, due to the concurrent release there. So I don't know whole details of the contract. I don't know numbers, um, but that's what she claims. So I think uh, I think that Scarlett Johansson is probably in the right here. I think that uh, even if it was not in the contract, um, if Disney's plans shifted uh, due to COVID or whatever, um, that's something they need to be very upfront about. Uh, they need to say, look, we're going to be taking this on Disney Plus as well as a concurrent theatrical release um and we can renegotiate or whatever uh after that is it uh okay so you said we can renegotiate is it on scarlet to suggest like an amendment like amendment to the contract like when disney really says it like if like say the contract for black widow was drafted before covid which i'm gonna assume it is because like this it's been in the works for a while it had to have been because the movie was going to come out may of that year so it would have had to yeah. have been done already so when when COVID happens and Disney's like, okay, we're gonna push this, push the release date back, and then also stream it uh, concurrently with the theater release. Um, is it on Scarlett Johansson to say, hey, uh, that wasn't in the original contract? That's a breach of the contract. We need to like figure something out. I think um, it probably lies more on Disney's end in that regard. Um, I think that's more my opinion, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, what I do know is that they should have been upfront about it, and they should say, okay, yeah, we're this is the plan now. If it wasn't the plan before, which uh, I mean, looking at their their past movies, um, they've all you know Disney Plus wasn't really around then, uh, and the TV shows have pretty much all only been Disney Plus, uh, obviously. So this is like uncharted, uncharted territory, right? Um, the only other example I can think of is Mulan. Is what? Did, Mulan. Oh, Mulan, yeah. Did they well, this, have uh, this this problem before? So I don't think they did a theatrical release. I could be wrong. Mulan went straight to Disney+, Plus, but it was part of the Premier Access plan. And I think Cruella, I want to say that did go to theaters, but it was also okay. part of Disney Premier. Raya and, and the Last Dragon, also did they did uh, theaters and streaming at the same time. Yeah, so this is a whole new a whole new beast that we're, you know, again, Joey, I think you're absolutely right. This will set a massive precedent moving forward. Um, 
because really one, if she wins, one of two things is going to happen, which is that they, like you said, is that they work out a contract where they get some of the back end from Disney plus as well, or Disney stops doing Disney premiere. And, yeah. you know, and, and I know other, there's actually, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was like the CEO of um, AMC or something like that, but they had said that they were upset with, um, movies going to streaming services because it diminishes ticket sales for their, you know, their AAA movies that they usually have over the summer and during the Christmas season. So I, yeah, I, I want to, I do, I do want to mention this too. I agree with Scarlett Johansson. Um, I think she's definitely in her right to do this. Absolutely. If what she says is true is true. Um, but I want to play devil's advocate for a second and say that it might not just be because Disney Plus. Um, a lot of people still aren't going to theaters anyway. Um, you know, people don't want to get sick. And, and if you're in a high an area where there's a lot of people who are getting the Delta variant or a lot of people who aren't vaccinated, you're not going to go to the theater. Um, and the other thing, too, is that the movie wasn't very good. <laughs> so people read reviews, people see stuff like that. They, you know, if you're a kind of Marvel fan light, you might not go see this one. It's not that important to the rest of the MCU. You kind of took Disney's side. I'm going to read out a statement um, that Disney told the New York Times. Uh, they said there's no merit whatsoever uh, to the lawsuit. And they said, uh, said it's sad and distressing and it's callous disregard for horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the 20 million she has received to date. So it sounds like Disney is paying her for some of the streaming somehow. Like maybe, I'm not sure, again, I don't know how a contract works, but it sounds like Disney is giving her something from the streaming. And because they didn't just release it in theaters, she actually is earning a little bit more. Now, maybe it's not what she's entitled to or what she has the right to or whatever again don't know the contract but yeah. it sounds like she is getting something and disney's playing the role of well you've already earned 20 million and more from streaming you know yeah and, and again i don't want to say i am taking disney's side because i think in this situation I, I wouldn't um until there's more evidence more things come to light right now i'm definitely with scarlett johansson on this because i think disney plus had a massive influence on um, on the amount of people that went to go see it in theaters. And I think if she isn't earning money, like they're, they're claiming she is, but if that's not true, um, then I would definitely be on her side. I just, I wanted to say things that Disney might say in return. And if mm -hmm. what I said is true, then she wouldn't really have a case. I'm on the side of the contract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I will say there's, there's different ways that you can structure a contract in Hollywood. You can do like, I, I want to be paid you know, a million dollars for this movie and that's a base salary and it doesn't matter if the movie is great or if it tanks, I'm getting a million dollars, right? Or you can say, I want a portion of the gross or net profits. You should probably go net because Hollywood is fancy with their accounting and they'll give you nothing if you go gross. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, or net. You want to go gross. Um, so if she's doing that, she should get the streaming because the... Uh, streaming numbers should be included in the gross profit of this movie. I wish Which we had sounds... those numbers with us. That would, I know. that would be so interesting to see that. They didn't, we, when we yeah. did the Black Widow review, they hadn't released the numbers for streaming at that time either. There's only speculation. They so might not something ever... They're keeping it, well, they'll probably do it in terms of the lawsuit if it's subpoenaed, but yeah. they, they are really keeping it under wraps. Which yeah. to me says it's either it either did really, really well or not well at all. Because <laughs> they, they could go either way with that, depending on how this, the, the rest of the court case goes. Um, let's also be clear. Th th this is millionaires arguing with other millionaires. Right. <laughs> She's yeah. still getting paid tons of money. And they're going to spend millions, you know, debating this in court. Yeah. So um, the only other thing I'll add is that uh, this seems to have had a ripple effect. Um, her making this lawsuit. Uh, where I think Emma Stone is, uh, you mentioned Cruella. Um, she has not made anything yet, but she's considering it. Uh, there might be some sense that, hey, I also got screwed over here. 
and that's what also makes me believe that you know it's more on Disney's uh more of Disney's problem here. You were you said earlier that it sets a precedent, and that is a hundred percent correct. Like whatever case resolves first, every other judge is going to look back on this case and say, "Well, this is how it ruled." Yeah. You know, if it's and these are the, if it's I'm sure the scenario is pretty pretty close, very similar. And they're going to look back and say, well, it was ruled like this in favor of Disney or in favor of these actresses or actors, you know. So it's a very important case, uh, like you said, Joey. I, you know, it, this also, I, I was reading an article before this too that takes kind of a different angle and approach, but they were talking about how all of the movies that haven't gone to theaters, I, I mean, obviously timing is an issue, COVID is an issue, but all of the ones that, were put up, were just thrown on Disney Plus, or, or they did the split thing. Were female-led movies? Um, it was, you know, it was Mulan, it was Cruella, and now it's Black Widow, and, and Ryan the Last Dragon, and Ryan the Last Dragon, which is female. also isn't she female in the isn't the main character a little girl? Uh, yes, and the villain is also a girl. Um, I don't have, uh, I'm not. Yes, there's a lot of female leads and supporting actresses in that movie. Yeah, I'm take take this as you will i just thought it was interesting someone had pointed out that when chris pratt his church had made the, the church that he goes to had made a bunch of homophobic comments and are actively against the lgbt community a bunch of uh, the other marvel co-stars came to his support and they were like chris isn't like that you know blah 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 which is good if he's not like that then you know they should stand up for him but everyone was saying it was interesting that it had kind of been radio silence from everyone at marvel for this um based on the stance that she took again take with that what you will maybe they just don't want to get involved because they want to do more movies <laughs> well, that's the thing taking chris pratt's side and saying well he's not like this and you know even you know supporting the actor not the church is a pretty safe bet uh siding with johansson on this could be detrimental to your career yeah it could backfire um yeah. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with this article. It was just an interesting point. And I think it was interesting about the female-led movies being dumped on Disney+. Plus. Do you think it's because, I mean, there's a lot more female-led movies in general now. You know, do you think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. And it I'm not could... saying it's coincidental, but just... No, but it kind of is. I mean, the timing, like I said, the timing before with all these, there's more female-led movies coming out and COVID being such a massive factor in the movie industry that that could have easily been why this has happened. And again, all could be coincidence. It was just, the article was sort of pointing out uh, that and the hypocrisy of them not standing up for her as well. But I do agree that it could be, that like career-wise, it could be very detrimental. Yeah, if you're still... Uh you know, a young actor, you're, you still want to make movies. Uh, you probably don't want to go against the people signing your paychecks. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. So I will probably do an update on this story as more comes out. Um, however, I know core cases like this take forever, so it might be a while. Um, but whenever it's resolved or whenever there's more information, we'll bring it back up again. I'm sure. Um, I have a question for you guys. Yes. What is a video game you want to see remastered or remade? Oh, oh man, I so love many. this question. <laughs> I love this question. Joe, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I have I have one at the very top of my mind. Um, and I'm just going back to my my heyday when I was you know playing my GameCube or PS2 or whatever. Um, the first thing I thought of was Wind Waker for uh, the GameCube, and I was like, wait. They just remade that. <laughs> I was like, you got so it. I can't say that. <laughs> Done. Um, though I want it for the Switch, not the Wii U. Mm. Uh, that's the only thing I'm asking for. Nintendo, make it happen. Um, so I'll go to my uh, my other favorite game of that era, and that was uh, Mercenaries 1, uh, made by um, Pandemic Studios. Uh, Rip EA. RIP. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, if you guys don't know about Mercenaries, um, it was a... Uh, a game where basically you are um, the first one. Uh, you're launched into uh, North Korea, and you basically have to kill as many of these high priority targets as possible. Um, and they assign like uh, each target to like a um, a number and a uh, suit of the uh, 52 card deck. Uh, 52 card deck. So you have like the you know two of clubs or whatever. 
really, really easy one to go track down. And then you'll have like, you know, the ace of clubs, which is like his, you know, superior officer. And it was just a fun, like open world third person game. I really loved. I played the second one where you're in uh, Venezuela. Yeah. I don't remember much about the story, but I do remember uh, RBGs and explosions and lots of explosions. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I dovetail off of that actually a little bit? Yeah, sure. Because I, I also also from Pandemic Studios, um, what I would really love to see are the Battlefront games remade, and I don't mean the new EA one where it's fucking microtransactioned up the ass. I want those graphics, the new Battlefield graphics remake, like using that engine remaking Battlefront one and two. Um, nothing's changed. Maybe you can add another map or something, you know, some, maybe some new stuff from the sequel trilogy, whatever you want to do. Like you could add a new era of star Wars, I guess, but I want those games remade. Um, really star Wars in general, I think is a good answer to this question. <laughs> like all the star <laughs> Wars a, games. There's, there's a lot of old, uh, star Wars games that you could, you would definitely want remastered. Would you want, um, what would be your runner-up? Would it be, I'm going to take a wild guess, uh, Force Unleashed? That'd be a good one, yeah. I'm not as concerned for that one because it's already in HD because um, mm-hmm. it was a 360 game. So it still looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my other... I mean, I, I could say Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. The old arcade game would be awesome to see that brought back. Uh, maybe do a VR thing with it. Um that would be really fun. But yeah, I mean, other, other than Metroid Fusion is the other one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real answer. Yeah, that's the now we know the real one. Um, no, I, I love Battlefront 2, that, that answer, because uh, I played so much of that growing up. And I think um, that's a really good argument for adding in uh, like a first order versus resistance um, type, uh, type mode into that game. Um, maybe uh, build that into the single player of, uh, you know, Galactic Conquest. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, we need, that's the biggest thing. I don't know why neither of these games that came out had Galactic Conquest and Instant Action, or why they didn't have those two. Yeah. Um, Galactic Conquest and Instant Action. But those, I mean, those games to me, I think you go back and you play old games and you're like, oh, okay, this is fun, but now I'm kind of done with it. Battlefront 2 the original Battlefront 2 is one of those games that never gets old for me. I could play it forever and I would never get tired of it. I'm with you. Chris, I think you had told me at one point you've you've never played that game, right? No, I have not. So that might I, be that would be yeah. a good time to get into it, I guess. It is available on Steam. Oh, the Knights of the Old Republic games too. Those I would love yeah. to see remastered because oh, that is a great answer. Because those I, games look like dump now, and I'd love to. I've never played them, and I want to play them with like brand new updated graphics. You can They're still, still get worth those. it. Yeah, I, uh, Joey, you convinced me uh, to get them. I think maybe on the last podcast you were on or something. Uh, it's possible you convinced me to get them uh, on the Xbox. Yeah, Xbox. I'm glad I convinced you. Uh, they are so good. They are they are thoroughly good, and very very uh, great story. So yeah, yeah. I would, if you I haven't played this, those, I have the first one just sitting in my Steam library right now. I just haven't downloaded it because I'm like, I'm hoping that EA puts something out where they're like, hey, we're gonna remake this game. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of issues if you're playing it on a, a newer computer too. So you'll have to like adjust the um, the window size and all this stuff in a like a third party software. So it's not it's not fun, but yeah, no, it's not ideal. <laughs> the game is great though. That was one of the because mo- I didn't even realize it was an Easter egg, but in the Mandalorian season two episode one, when they defeat the crate dragon, and there's that little pearl thing inside of it that all the sand people want. Apparently, that's a mission from the first Knights of the Old Republic, which I thought that's was right. That's like I was like, what a crazy thing to put in there, but that's <laughs> really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think mine is, and I'm surprised you guys hadn't said this, but uh, either uh, Need for Speed underground or, or midnight club mm. either one of those remastered which my initial thought was like uh it's kind of like nintendo sitting on their 
gold mine of franchises that they're not releasing <laughs> on the Switch, like remastered or just just porting the old ones out. But then I thought about how much copyright uh, they would have to get because of all the music and the pictures yeah. and stuff in those games is, is ridiculous. You'd have to get all that cleared for a yeah, remake, I'm sure, remaster. I'm I sure assume. it's hard to clear songs from some 41 in 2020. <laughs> 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 They're very busy. No, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, it's a lot of work that they would have to do and you, you know, but I'm sure it would pay for itself. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. That, that's my other real answer. Every GameCube game ever is <laughs> really what I want. Just re-release the entire catalog of GameCube on the Switch, and then we'll be fine. Yeah, it's it seems like an easy thing to do, but I don't know. I guess I, they just don't like is... money. They're probably allergic to it. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo has never been a good business. <laughs> 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 they do really well, but they have never made good business decisions um because do you know their business model do you guys know like what that's called or whatever or like what it's so i read about it's called the blue ocean model um and essentially what it is their whole idea is that while other companies fight in the ocean they turn the whole ocean red and what nintendo does is searches they search for another ocean a blue ocean that they can sort of corner the market and have to themselves so the idea of that is like don't fight with having the latest and greatest tech that Sony and Xbox are doing. We're going to go off, do our side things, and we're going to have path our... path less traveled. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, Sounds uh... like a monopoly with extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it pretty much is. But the problem with that model is that it doesn't always work out when you try. Like, the Wii U is the perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, hell, even the GameCube is the perfect example of that. That thing was a failure. It, it, it you know, it's looked back on, back on very fondly, but... It did yep. not sell well at all compared to the other people. The trend with Nintendo has been every other console has been a hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. that's so true. Like they've they've pretty much cornered their handheld market for I don't know how long at this point. But uh you know, there's still the kings there. Yeah, the only ones that got close were Sony and they didn't even really get that close. Yeah. You know, the PSP was pretty popular, but fucking nobody bought a Vita. Yeah, Vita's that that's gotta be like one of their worst selling, right? It has to be, yeah. Cause like I know I know like I had a PSP and I know people that had PSPs, but Vita, I don't I couldn't name a single soul that bought one of those. <laughs> Are you bought one? <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst financial decisions of my life. No, so oh I, I bought it. No games came out for it. I put it in my closet and three months later I fa- I forgot I bought it. <laughs> i was like oh fuck i do own this and i immediately sold it <laughs> dude i had the um the psp the first one and uh the only game i had for it i think uh was dragon ball z and it was basically mm-hmm. um it was basically like budokai uh i forget what it was called though but it was it was pretty fun not gonna lie i have that in my closet right now i have that case <laughs> yeah <laughs> To be fair to Sony, I love the PSP. I play the shit out of that thing. Like, I burned that thing up. They also had the UMD um, port, like the movies that you could buy. Yeah. So it was like Spider-Man 1 for your PSP. And I bought a ton of those. I watched like Sky High all the time on road trips. Like that, that shit was my jam. But Nintendo, clear winner. All right. You guys want to get into some recommendations and wrap it up? Yeah, sure. Sure. Chris, you want to go first? Yeah, I uh, I haven't really done a lot in terms of like listening to music or watching movies or anything. I did watch Raya and the Last Dragon. So this is kind of like an anti-recommendation because I did not like that movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> Do not watch this. <laughs> but it's like the it's the only thing I could really think of. Uh, what were you going to say, Connor? I was going to say, I don't mind if we do that with this segment. If you're like, this is something I don't recommend. <laughs> like we yeah, just, you know, no. we go either way with it. Yeah. I recommend that you don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, I, I, I will say I don't like Aquafina that much. Like I didn't really like her in Crazy Rich Asians. Don't really like her in this. I don't really like her character that she kind of plays. And she kind of like Will Ferrell plays the same character in every movie he's in. She kind of does the same thing. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um sorry will and, ferrell yeah <laughs> well it's true <laughs> <laughs> um but uh not a fan of aquafina and not a fan of the story was like very expositiony to get started very handheldy but i i understand it's a fucking movie made for children so <laughs> i'm not too mad about it if you have kids if you have kids it's, it's probably a funny movie for them and they'll like it but yeah if you're chris, a if, if you're in your mid-20s as a guy you probably won't like it chris blankenship was not the target demographic for that movie no no I, no i was not it didn't land with me <laughs> joe you want to go yeah sure um so mine's a little weird um but uh, it might be the first uh, podcast recommendation uh, you guys have had. Oh, you're Maybe. a traitor. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you dare. Don't but you say it. It's, it's for a good cause, I promise. Um, so it's, uh, it's actually, have you guys heard of um, How I Built This, uh, NPR? No. Um, I don't think so, no. No. So it's basically, um, it's a podcast where they go and find uh, entrepreneurs or uh, successful business owners um, that have like started their business basically from the ground up or basically, you know, their success story, um, how they made, uh, you know, their thing. And um, I was coming back home this weekend and uh, we turned it on and we watched or listened to um, the Patreon uh, discussion. And this one was really interesting to me. I'll, I'll give you the TLDR. Um, but basically uh, the creator, uh, I forget his name, um, but he, uh, he and his uh, girlfriend at the time um, now wife, I think, uh, were very famous YouTube stars. Uh, they were uh, cover artists, um, put on a lot of music, had this big following. Um, they made all this money in um, the iTunes era. And uh, once Spotify and streaming hit, uh, they started to lose that sustainability and uh, sustainable income. Uh, so he started thinking like, there needs to be a good way to um, support uh, your favorite artists and favorite creators. And that's how Patreon started. Interesting. So it was like an hour long. And it was just like discussing um, everything that went into it, all the uh, you know blood, sweat, and tears, all the challenges they faced, um, and you know the success story behind it. So you said it was all cover cover songs that they were, they were doing? Yeah, I think they started um, doing that. I think he said uh, all the single ladies, uh, Beyonce was their like big hit, their first big hit. Um, and they started doing like uh, original music after that. Gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna say during that time, I imagine when the the YouTube adpocalypse rolled around, it probably wasn't too kind to covers of songs. So that would be the idea. Yeah. You know, setting up a Patreon would be an ideal way of dealing with that problem. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, but um, I listened to uh, a few others, like the Five Guys. One was really interesting. Um, they have a lot of good episodes. So. Uh, it's pretty good if you're on a road trip or you just want something to listen to. Cool. Very cool. Do they have one for like companies like Nike or whatever that use like sweatshops and shit? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any really big ones like that, thankfully. I'm, um, just, jo- I'm just joking. <laughs> the, the smaller ones are cool though. You know? Yeah. I didn't know how to make these shoes until I looked around <laughs> and I was like, a lot of kids Chi- here. Child labor? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of hands that aren't working. And I need them to start working. A lot of tiny hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These happy, uh, unworked children need to be put to work. <laughs> um, my recommendation is the there's there's a strawberry shortcake ice cream popsicle <laughs> that I really like, and I had one before we started. <laughs> What's the brand? Um. I don't know. It's like the it's the blue bunny or whatever. Blue bunny, I think. Yeah, I, I, you know what I'm talking about. It's got like we'll we'll throw a picture know, up, but yeah. it's got like the little crumblies around it, and it's like strawberry shortcake flavored. Yeah. Oh, dude, these are these are delicious. Great recommendation, Connor. These, these are, are fantastic. They're so good. I I forgot completely about these. If I'm being honest, I did too. Until so my brother started liking them, and that's when they started like we started buying them again and having them in the house. And oh my god, they're delicious. They um, I don't know if it was uh, Blue Bunny or not, but in high school, like you go through and get your lunch, and then you go back and you can get like desserts or whatever. And I would always get one of these. I don't think it was. Yeah. I think it was like some cheaper brand, probably. But 
yeah it's like whatever whatever the school has a deal with they get cheap ones yeah but it's the same shit and it's fucking it's always delicious it's so good i miss cafeteria food i don't know if you guys have ever felt that but like i i, I really like cafeteria food and i kind of miss those days it really depends on the school and the food being so i'm not day. with you on that <laughs> no i think when I, when I moved to virginia the school food sucked like really? it was like it was like half cooked fries and like just sh- like whatever other it's shitty awful. food they had like they always had fries for some reason there's something uh, about it's probably it, it i'm sure nostalgia is a huge factor in that because the food was never good it was just like comforting in a weird way i don't know i just i always really like those square ass pizzas that you used to get with no crust like all of those just like they're like some of my favorite things hmm. i think you're uh you can you can stay on that hill by yourself i think i'm alone <laughs> on this one yeah i was gonna say so um uh i'm imagining your like elementary middle school experience was different connor because our high school uh cafeteria food was no bueno and I'm hoping that's not what you're referring to. No, no. I'm talking about okay. like elementary school. Like you get, you know, you have the money or you type in your little number at the end yeah. and they give you a little chocolate milk or a strawberry milk. So there's a lot of nostalgia there because, yeah, there's the milk, right? But there's also the uh, the little ice cream um, cup things, you know, mm-hmm. with the little wooden spoon. Mm. And you see a picture of it and you're like, oh, yeah, I taste the spoon more than I taste the ice cream. For for two years i was at it was fourth well fourth grade and part of fifth grade i was at a uh, low income school and they serve breakfast to everybody but they serve breakfast for free so you could just walk up and get so i wouldn't even eat at home i would just like go there and i go to the cafeteria and they give you like those tiny little box of fruit loops and they give you an orange juice and like all that stuff, maybe like some a bagel or something but it was really cool like i i th- those that's like so nostalgic to me to do that and then go like go spend a dollar and get a whole meal for lunch like you can't even do that shit at taco bell anymore <laughs> dude they got rid of the uh shredded chicken uh mini quesadillas dude they got rid of everything on the dollar I'm menu so there. mad yeah i'm like what do you think you're for like i'm not gonna spend eight dollars on a meal at taco bell like i want your dollar shit yeah for real or the five dollar box that's a good deal too that's true i will get like like one of the like five layer burritos or whatever but then i like pad the rest of my order with dollar menu stuff right <laughs> yeah i mean that's what you do uh, i'll do yeah. one of the combos so i can get the drink and stuff and then i'll pad it with dollar menu stuff oh because it's not enough food it's only like two tacos you're like i need at least eight of these they're tiny yeah get the taco party back that's that's where it's at mm-hmm. that's, like a, that's like a 12 pack right it's a 12 pack for like i don't know 14 bucks or something soft taco or hard taco you can pick. I always go six and six. Ooh, smart. And I say this as somebody who just eats a party pack himself. <laughs> <laughs> we cruised. Everyone was fine with that, by the way. We were like, oh, party yeah. pack? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> 12 tacos yourself? <laughs> totally cool. I think Chris and I just have come to expect it from Connor. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. I ate an entire Little Caesars pizza in my car. I should admit that on camera, but I did. <laughs> Have you seen they have um, like pizza rolls in the crust at Little Caesars now? Excuse me. <laughs> it's like they have it's stuffed crust, but they have pepperoni in it too. Oh, oh, like in the oh yeah, like in the actual crust with the cheese, right? Yeah, it's like so. It's like it's like a pizza roll, like stuffed crust, because it's got pepperoni and cheese and stuff in there. I guess there's there's no sauce, but. I love that people are like, I don't really like crust. And they're like, what if we put an extra pizza in the crust? <laughs> <laughs> We're all like sold. Well, Hannah was like, she was like, uh, this is probably Hannah's recommendation to go do that. But I remember when she made us get the uh, the pretzel pizza and it was disgusting. So anytime she says, don't make that face like you enjoy How it. How dare you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, with the nacho cheese? The nacho cheese is the worst part. <laughs> So it's gross. so it's so salty and delicious no <laughs> you're joking right i love it oh no whenever they bring back that pretzel pizza i get so excited <laughs> well she said that they had a new pizza out and i just had like vietnam flashbacks of the fucking pretzel pizza <laughs> and i was like don't tell me like whatever concoction that they whipped up in the back of little caesar's like i don't want it <laughs> 
I'm just picturing that dog gif that you sent in Discord earlier, where he's like <laughs> looking off in the distance. <laughs> Terrified. I can't believe you didn't like dude Joey, do you know what we're talking about with the pretzel pizza? So I think um the last time I went to Little Caesars, uh I was in college. And uh that was a long time ago. So I don't think so. <laughs> like it's been many moons since I entered the <laughs> Little Caesars. Now I would not be opposed to going. It's just kind of the lack of opportunity, you know. It has not oh, presented yeah. itself. Well, what I miss about where we were for college was that the Little Caesars there had a drive-thru. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Now I have to, like, go into the store like an asshole. <laughs> I have to ask for my pizza face-to-face. -face. I don't <laughs> want to do that. No. For reference, how little I, I don't care for Little Caesars. Like, I know where the nearest cookout is, and it's, like, 300 miles away. And I know where like all my favorite places are. I know where the nearest Waffle House is. It's like 500 miles. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where Little Caesars is. And it's probably closer than that. <laughs> I like the idea of you just Googling a cookout and just stroking your phone longingly. <laughs> I miss yeah. you, baby. I didn't, I didn't grab it the last time I was down there. Oh, no, like, you should A month ago or two months ago. Or whatever. If you come back here, there's, there's a cookout five seconds from my house. i know they're like fucking dollar generals down there they're everywhere no they're all over the place yeah <laughs> i think once you get past the makes the mason dixon line they're gone it's actually the nearest one is in maryland so yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very southern there's fucking sweet yeah. bible verses on the cups you know <laughs> you can't have that up north they got the no. jesus music playing well, in the bathroom yeah anyway i don't know this has been our podcast <laughs> <laughs> my favorite uh, part is when we get off on tangents like this i love it yeah well i want to thank you guys for sticking around if you made it this far you might have clicked off before <laughs> we brought up little caesars um don't forget to like comment your favorite little caesars trash that you enjoy <laughs> or cookout yeah. trash that you enjoy or cookout don't, trash that's true don't too. don't don't you do that <laughs> cookout's <laughs> awful <laughs> it's awful but it's cheap that's why everyone goes there it's like little caesars it's the same thing same business when, model when they raised the prices they like all their 99 cent stuff at cookout went to like a dollar 50 i was so infuriated like their blts went from 99 cents to a dollar 50 and i was like what the f Mm, it's a little mad. more now their cookout so meal is like seven bucks mm. it's a shame <sighs> okay covid covid seems like it can take away an endless amount of things <sighs> okay let's get through this my anger side <laughs> <laughs> um subscribe if you haven't already ring the bell for notifications so you can uh, uh stay up to date on when our latest videos drop we'll also be dropping highlights throughout the week so look forward to those uh and i want to thank joey for being on and connor as always <laughs> thank you so much for coming back we really appreciate it man yeah guys thanks for having me i am uh, happy to be here and i'll see you guys next time we'll see you next week bye everybody <laughs>